Welcome to Preston Super Show. Happy Palm Sunday to you. God bless this podcast. And we are here talking about Toonami from last night. That was a good Toonami. Started with Shinmu the animation. Started with uh, episode 10, Comeback. On Adult Swim last night on the Toonami block. Uh, Rio's here and he's handcuffed with Ren. Somehow they get handcuffed. And they're after Londi. Uh, they're looking for Londi because Londi is the one who's killed Rio's father, they believe. So they're looking for him. He's going to have the answers for them uh, that they're looking for. Except that basically he would like destroy them like they wouldn't have a chance you know what i mean so somehow they're handcuffed they're fighting dao Niu. they get away from him eventually he catches back up um then you have kind of a myriad of other characters in this episode play some small roles guy comes out of the elevators tries to slice up rio and ren and then that's when duo neo chases them down up until they meet up with uh Ryzu, Ryzu, Ryuzuka who what she's doing is going to challenge Rio now because if he can't beat her he won't stand a chance against Lon D you see what I'm saying so uh now he's going to see how he'll fare against her um because she could easily take uh, easily take down Dao Niu, who's this big dude, big crushing man. And then here's Rio, uh, who's in great shape, but raw. You know, he doesn't have the like um, the skill yet because uh, she puts him down really fast. Now we're gonna see the full battle, I assume, on this next episode this week coming up because they're kind of building it like that. Um. I think I I butchered her name, but you get the gist of it. It's really good. Um, Yu Yu Ying is is her name. Yu Ying. So he's he's running into Yu Ying. She takes down Dao Niao. Now she's uh fighting Rio, and it ended up becoming a a really good episode. It had a great flow to it, a great pace. It was. A uh, four-star episode. And I think the writers did a good job with this one. Like, they really did uh, pretty much the best uh, they could do here. So now we go to Attack on Titan. Okay. And that's where this episode is really kind of like a slow burn. So we get a four-star good start to Toonami. Then we get a little bit of a slow burn. I did some parts, some elements of this episode were good. I just feel like we're so late into this series and I didn't see much of the beginning of Attack on Titan. Like I'm basically coming into Attack on Titan on season four. So for me, it's like, this is a whole nother ball game, but I was pretty shocked this episode was tense, especially when around the fire. That's creepy, cold vibe going on. Now, Gene's going to play the the best part in this episode. Um, and then on TV time, he's pulling the most 
uh, love with 76% of TV time users. They like Gene. Then a lot of people like Hanji. Um, Falco, you know, he's begging uh, for help. Doesn't want the Titans to destroy everything. Doesn't want the rumbling to destroy everything. Uh, they're the... We get a good description here. Deep in the forest, an unlikely rabble of Marley. Uh, straggles and island fugitives attempt to set their hatred aside and talk around a campfire without killing each other. And that is really the, ep the, the episode in a nutshell. And it was a three star. So they get some good vibes in there, but you also get some weird vibe. And, I mean, that's kind of how it's supposed to be. So AOT... With a pretty uh, interesting episode there where there wasn't like anything that hit you, you know, like a freight train. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing hit you and just like put set you down. You know, you were just you were kind of like, OK, this is interesting. Then we go to assassination classroom. Um, And see, the thing about assassination classroom is. You know, there this whole first season I I haven't seen, and see I'm I've come into it, uh, for, since I've been doing the tsunami recap, so for me basically watching season two, I feel like this episode, you need a lot of season one to understand this episode, so this is that like, you know, an episode that makes sense, but it's kind of all over the place, and if you don't have that those beginning episodes under your belt. You're kind of like in a whirlwind. So this was a three-star episode. Uh, because I was amused with it. Karma's my favorite character. Because he's finally kind of making an appearance again. And a lot of people like this episode. It's got a five out of five rating overall on uh, TV time. But for me it was three stars. Because it just did. It wasn't hard hitting. It was, it was a good flow. Now. Here's the thing. Uh listen to the description tv time gives us following the dramatic story of coral sensei's past the e-class is left reeling after learning revelations about his past deeds and identity as they gather themselves with this new information it begins to affect their assassination plans they had a typo there just called that i had to fix it for them so they put the instead of they so this episode just kind of goes along like we're just kind of, you know, riding the wave here and whatever happens, happens. But uh, no, it was interesting to say the least. I can't say it was like one of those episodes that I really want to see again, though. So Assassination Classroom ends and now we get season finale Made in Abyss. And we're supposed to have a season two of this, so that will be great if there is something there to be had. Um, but this episode, you know, it was headed probably for a, a really high high rating and high marks. But it was just kind of like a, a smoldering fire. Like, nothing was really burning here. Nachi and Midi's Pass is revealed. How did they become what uh, they are and who is responsible for it? Meanwhile, Rico is on the mend after her injuries. 
And yeah, it's kind of just like a uh, melancholy episode. It's like a good vibe. You know, last week we had like two back-to-back sad episodes. This week we have like two back-to-back happy episodes. There were some moments in here that were kind of sad. Because Nachi really likes Reg. And uh, eventually they'll have to part. And, well, at least I think they will. But, uh, Reg, you know, the, he was he was my favorite character in this one. Because I feel like he's the one that had the most rocks thrown at him perpetually. Not literally, but figuratively speaking. Like, he had the most, you know, invisible stones cast in him. So he was doing the most. I understood the episode. So that was probably the best part. It was like, I've been watching Made in Abyss with everybody that watches Toonami. We've been watching Made in Abyss now all together. Um, so that's been cool. But yes, most people did like uh, Nanachi. 83% of people on TV. But there are 4% of us in the 4% that uh, like Ray. And that was just because of his uh, kindness and his genuineness. And see, there's a genuineness there um, that a lot of people forget. And we should remember that on Palm Sunday. Then we went to back-to-back One Pieces. And One Piece can be a lot of fun. You know, I told my friend last night. I'm sitting there, you know, hanging out. And I told my friend, I said, you know, One Piece back to back with Dub is actually, it is a treat because you got to think like you got to go out of your way to watch One Piece Dub. So, you know what I mean? You're not on a normal mainstream platform. Like you got to go out of your way. So it's nice to have it there on the, on the tube, on the television. So we have uh, the hero who freed the slaves, Tiger the Adventurer. And that was uh, the episode we, we ended on. But the episode we'll talk about first is Revived Relations, Nami and the Fishman Pirates. Now this episode was pretty cool because you had um, Nami who, uh, for all practical purposes, you know, is the star of this episode. Episode 539 overall. And it was um, amusing. Okay. Uh, and Nami, she's a lot of fun in this episode. Um, Fishman pirates are demanding obedience from all in their war against humans. Jinbai explains how he let Arlong go into East Blue, and Nami asks that he explain why Nami remembers how she was forced to steal to save her sister and village from Arlong. And they play that part out. And then you get uh, Jinbai explains how Queen Otomai, uh, Princess Shirashomi's mother, along with Fisher Tiger, fought against the hatred of fishmen, pirates, and humans. So you get a really interesting episode there. 4.7 out of 5 star rating on uh, TV time. So it's done well overall since 2012. I was amused with it. It was a three star episode. I mean, what can I say? You have a good vibe, a good flow. Uh, Luffy's funny, but Nami steals the show there. Then you move on to the hero who freed the slaves, Tiger the Adventurer. 
episode 540 overall. This is in the 15th season, episode 24. Another three-star episode. It was actually a little bit shocking. Uh, and the animation's really good. But it's it's a little bit shocking because it kind of takes a different direction. Um, but I like... 4% of people like Nami in this one. I'm one of them. I mean, I think that's where... Like her her lines, probably, are what interested me. But Jin buys a lot of people's favorites. 79%. It makes sense that he'd be your favorite in this episode. Luffy coming in at 13%. So that's good. Showing some love. TV time users. The two legends of Fishman Island. Queen Otomai and Tiger Fisher. Carried opposing uh, views on Fishman and humans. Jinbai tells the Straw Hats how these two fates overlapped. 4.7 out of 5 stars is what they give it on TV time overall. I'm bringing that down a little bit with my 3 star rating but that is a true three star to me because it wasn't an episode that you're gonna go back and be like wow i need to go out of my way to watch that one but it's not one i, w- I would skip so it's three stars you know what i'm saying that that's a fair rating and uh, i've been very generous tonight to all of these uh shows um i don't i don't feel like i've i've dogged any of them like, I've been pretty straight up and just and fair with my reviews to them. We gave Shenmue five stars. And uh, you got uh, a good episode of Made in Abyss to finish out Made in Abyss. And then now you come in a Cowboy Bebop. And you have something really special here with Cowboy Bebop. Because you get Cowboy Funk. Which is maybe one of the most important episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Because it's the actual Cowboy episode. And uh, if you stayed up for this one, you were a true G. You were a true champion of champions if you stayed up for this like me. Um, Basically, Spike's attempts to apprehend the infamous teddy bear bomber are maddeningly derailed by a mysterious and clueless cowboy. And yes... He's uh pretty badass too. And uh Fave and jumps on the back of the horse and goes for a ride. It's a five star episode, Cowboy Funk. This is legendary, this is vintage anime, this is before you know what I mean, you knew what anything was. This is nineteen ninety nine, uh back in March uh twenty seventh of nineteen ninety nine when this came out and aired. So yes, five star episode. Adult Swim Tsunami, thank you for this one. I was, uh, you know, initially watching it, like when I was younger, I was shocked. But now when I'm older, I'm amused at it. Um, Spike is a lot of fun in this episode. Like, he's the protagonist in this episode. He goes through the most pain. He really does. And uh, he does attempt to apprehend him quite a few times. And they're also dealing with the Mad Bomber, and he is just so ready to blow everything up. And uh, he wants—he's he, really lonely too, and he hates people because no one gives him any attention. It's just so fun. It's that part is is just like a little side thing they have going on through the episode, like a running joke. So yeah, this ended up being a great tsunami. I'd say overall for tsunami tonight, it was a four-star tsunami. Like it was a four-star tsunami. April. Weather's getting better. 
Toonami rolling out some good stuff. Maiden Abyss is done. Now we get a new gig there. They can cut one piece off at any time. I mean, there's no, they don't have to go through the, to the end. No one's saying they're going to do that. We don't know. I would say that now that Maiden Abyss is done, they're going to have to fill that slot with something. So you may get, you know, a revival of of an old show. You know what I mean? They may put something back on there, an older show, and fill that slot and run it. There's some older animes that come to mind that didn't run that long that uh, they could run for until the, one of their new shows comes on or comes back with new episodes. So that could be in the cards. Now, I have something else special for you today. I'm just hanging out here before the White Sox first pitch against the Detroit Tigers today. Uh, I like that White Sox money line. Minus 125. Uh, minus 135 on some books. But yeah, you can get it up to minus 125 uh, if you can find it. And then I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about something important. Um, a little bit of breaking news, and that's going to finish out the podcast for the day on Sunday, Palm Sunday. God bless you, and thank you for being here. I'll be right back after this. Thank you for staying with me on Preston's Super Show, and you're here hanging out with the man, and we're talking about an uh, article I just read from the Associated Press, and I actually just read this last night. Uh, and I just kind of highlighted some things for you, and I had some Im- immediate reactions and thoughts to it. And I was like, I'm going to put this into the podcast tomorrow. And it's like 11.40 right now. April 10th. Uh, this just came out yesterday by John Leister, or Leicester, uh, from the Associated Press, titled, In France, a nail-biting election as Macron's rival surges. Now, there's an election in France right now. We'll know by April 24th who's going to win that election. From the market stall outside Paris that she runs for 40 years, Yvette uh, Robert can see firsthand how soaring prices are weighing on France's presidential election and turning the first round of voting on Sunday into a nail-biter. For incumbent President Emmanuel Macron. So, I'm going to highlight a few things from this article. And coming out of Poisai, France, from the Associated Press, uh, here's a quote that I want to highlight. People are scared. With everything that's going up, with prices for fuel going up, she said Friday as campaigning concluded for Act 1 of the two-part French election drama held against the backdrop of Russia's war in Ukraine. So, people are scared. Okay? People are feeling it. They have a lot of fear right now. Macron, now 44 years old, trounced Le Pen by a landslide to become France's youngest president in 2017. The win for the former banker, who unlike Le Pen, is a favorite proponent of European collaboration, was seen as a victory against populist nationalist politics, coming in the wake of Donald Trump's election to the White House 
and Britain's vote to leave the European Union, both in 2016. In courting voters, Macron has economic successes to point to. The French economy is rebounding faster than expected from the battering of COVID-19, with a 2021 growth rate of 7%, the highest since 1969. Unemployment is down to levels not seen since the 2008 financial crisis. When Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th, sparking Europe's worst security crisis since World War II, Macron also got a polling bump with people rallying around the wartime leader. But the 53-year-old Le Pen is now a more polished, formidable, and savvy political foe as she makes her third attempt to become France's first woman president. And she has campaigned particularly hard and for months on cost-of-living concerns, capitalizing on the issue that pollsters say is the foremost on voters' minds. So you're starting to get the picture now. Okay, let's step away from the article here. Let's pause. Brief pause. You're starting to get the picture now. You're starting to see how this is being disassimilated. Okay? This is how this is being transcribed as um as innocent as uh Macron's doing good as as uh look the economy's booming. Look the economy. Look over here. No, look over here. Don't worry about all this. Bad uh bad bad sting at the pump, bad hurt, bad pain over here. Don't work. No, no. Look at the economy. So it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Let's continue with a few more pieces from this article because it's a very long piece. It's uh, well-written. At her market stall, Robert says, remember Yvette, the woman, says she plans to vote Macron, partly because of the billions of euros, dollars, that his government doled out at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic to keep people, businesses, and France's economy afloat when food markets closed. Robert got 1,500 euros, which would have been about 1,600 American dollars a month, to tide her over. He didn't leave anyone by the side of the road, she says, of Macron. But she thinks at this time Le Pen is in with a chance too. She has changed the way she speaks, Robert said in a quote. She has learned to moderate herself, end of quote. I'm going to finish this article up and then we'll go into my thoughts about this and finish out the show. Market goer Marie Helen Hyrule, a 64-year-old retired tax collector, voted Macron in 2017, okay, but said she's too angry with him to do that again. So struggling on her pension with rising prices, Hyrule said she's thinking of switching her vote to Le Pen who has promised fuel and energy tax cuts that Macron says would be ruinous. Although Le Pen's relations with Putin worry me, Hyrule said that voting for her would be a way of protesting against Macron and what she perceives as his failure to better protect people from the sting of inflation. Now, I'm also part of the all-against-Macron camp, she said in a quote. 
He is making fools of us all, she said, in end of quote. Um, so you get the picture painted there. There's some frustrations out there. There's some people that are very angry with what's going on out there. Um, and they want something done about it. Now, my thoughts here and my immediate reactions were the following. They dress Macron up like a centrist. When I can assure you, he's a far left politician like Bernie Sanders and a lot of those on the far left. Now, his opponent, Marine Le Pen, is supposedly his nemesis, they say. And they try to link her to Trump. They label her as a far right winger and say all these nasty things about her. That is a distraction away from Macron's failures. What does he have to hide? If he has nothing to hide, then why are you attacking with your words? That means you are afraid. The one quote nailed it. The sting of inflation. It does sting when it hits home. Right in your pocketbook when you're trying to hold on to your last buck. I feel for the French people here. They're closer to the Russia-Ukraine war than we are in America. It is affecting them more at the pump. I'm a fair man. I can look at the other quote and see this woman says Macron gave her money. Uh, you know, she kept herself afloat. She was going to lose it all. Okay, it sounds like the government did its job. Now, that will lead me to my next point. All the stimulus we got, so that 1600 bucks, 1500 in euros, all the stimulus and all the aid that was given is going to be paid back one way or another. Now, there was some doubt about that for a while, but now the, the president's changed, so that's changed. Now, we can you know argue one way or another who will be paying more, but in America, the fact remains that money will be, uh, that money will be repaid. And in France, they're going to have that same issue. And it uh, looks like they're paying for it now with inflation coupled with this. Um, through the the likes of higher cost of living, um, you know, combined with this inflation is going to make it harder and harder for Macron to remain president of France. That is the true story of why Marine Le Pen is surging in the polls heading into the election. Not this other garbage they're trying to spoon feed you. Former President Trump of my country, uh, America, is in his personal life. Yet the media still attacks him, even right here in the Associated Press, as we know they would. And they try to link him to this or that and far right this. And But Marine Le Pen is still vying for a presidential bid in her country. She is still standing up for people in France and the common man and woman with a plan for more affordable living. Uh, she's talking about uh, getting some energy cuts and energy deals going, get the price of the pump down, and the price of a lot more down. That is an issue I take personally uh, when it comes to affordable living. So I think she's on the right track with whether she wins or loses with that motto and that mantra, walking around with that. I think that's going to uh, bring a lot of good fortune her way, and I hope it does. France isn't as politically vocal and active as America right now and we see that and they can send a message in this election and i think they're starting to wake up to that as today's roll closer and they started voting today le pen can become the first woman president of france a major feat 
and it shouldn't be so easily dismissed. Judging her on her merits, she stands for patriotism. And they try to say nationalism is bad or having pride in your country is bad. If you don't have pride in the soil you eat from, drink from, work on, shop on, and live on, then don't you dare say you're for equality and all this junk. Respect your home and respect the town you are from. If they want to call you a name, that's fine. God is going to fight our battles. Let us make it plain to him on Palm Sunday. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. I appreciate you all. Like, comment, subscribe, share with 10 friends, 20 friends, five family members. You know how to do it. And ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Lord, please bless this podcast on this day. Please bless everybody who listens that believes in you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Palms 37.4.